you can do everything right in baseball and still lose. You can hit the hardest ball possible right at someone. You can throw the perfect pitch right at someone. That is more so as we Dang. get more into this. Yeah. What about me is you can do everything right. And that's what I'm seeing even in the film industry is you can, can have all the pieces, you can have all the momentum and COVID hits or something weird that is totally out of your control. So it's like, don't beat yourself up. For those who ever do, it's like, just keep effing moving. I don't know if we can cuss in this pocket, but just keep moving. Welcome back to another episode of the Rough Cut Club. I am your host, Joey Nicotra, here in the studio with my right-hand man, Mr. Shane Reitzammer. Shane, how are you doing today, bro? Great, man. I just I realize we're both holding pins. We look very, like, studious right now. We're <laughs> we are very studious. Write down some notes as we go. And, that's right. Man. That's... I love it, man. Well, dude, it's good to see you. Good to be back. It's still a, a change for me. Uh, you know, coming off of dadhood recently. And so uh, excited to be back in person still. Yeah. It's still a break from it's It's the new norm yet yeah. again. So oh, yeah, man, I missed a couple of episodes, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad to be too. back in the studio with you. It's all good. Trying to provide a, a little bit of color here. I love there. it. I love you know, it, man. Well, color thanks. outside the lines. That's right. That's right. Well, today's episode is a producer, director, production company owner, former athlete, and now athlete <sighs> talent manager. Uh, I have had the privilege of working on a couple different projects with him. Excited about our guest today. It's always good when, when the guest is also a friend. And so welcoming to the Rough Cut Club, our newest VIP member, Mr. Casey Smith. Casey, welcome to the pod, brother. How are we, gentlemen? Dude, we are great, man. It's good to good to see you. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done a done a project together, so it's always good connecting face-to-face with uh, with friends and, and uh, yeah. other filmmakers, man. No, it feels good to see you growing. I love that aspect. Yeah, like it's... Just- coming from you guys got a lot going. yeah man it's it's cool so uh for those that don't know uh i actually casey i don't even know if you you know this story fully and even how we met but i tell it oftentimes because it's kind of it, it's got a really you know it was a cool story for me and it was actually a milestone yeah. that i learned a lot from but i was actually driving through arizona that's right at the time <laughs> Yeah, and so one of uh one one DP director filmmaker entrepreneur that I'm a huge fan of and has uh definitely impacted my life in a big way is Jacob Owens, uh who I just so happened to see was filming in Arizona for this baseball project and I DM'd yep. him for the very first time and was like, "Hey dude, if you need any extra hands on set, I'm happy to come help out for free." And he said, "Can you be hey, here tomorrow?" Yeah. Yeah. And he said, can you be here tomorrow? And I was like, this is somebody who's like, you know, was like top G for, for a minute in, in my mind. And he just invites me onto his, his film set. And I'm like, oh, for sure. And so I show up and Casey is the director for this production and wound up getting connected with him, which then led me to working on another production in Austin and was a snowball effect of networking, you know, that came from this one moment of just reaching out and, and, you know, seeing what kind of projects you land up on. And so super cool happenstance that our paths cross, but, uh, yeah, I love that story, man. And that's great too. I mean, for our listeners, that's that, that's that network of influence and shoot your shot, man, reach out because I mean, you guys obviously got connected from you reaching out, you know, in a DM and being available and just offering that help. 
So people that are just starting out or heck, even us now yeah. still, man, I, I love to network and just get connected and work on yeah. fun projects, but it's a great way to obviously grow your your network. Uh, and I'm glad you guys got connected. And yeah. now I get to meet Casey and I'm excited to uh, to hear all about. Uh, I'm curious, professional athlete, what, what, uh, what sport uh, did you play? So I, I just made it to college, right? I actually, uh, I was javelin, do javelin in college and I played for the baseball team. Oh, so I went that's to so. Indiana. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely had a shot. I could throw really hard. But have you heard of Tommy John? You know what that is? Uh-uh. The elbow surgery. It's like the infamous uh, elbow surgery. Is yeah. that, uh, that, that's different than the tennis the, elbow? Yeah, different than yeah. tennis elbow. Let's put it this way. It's the thing you don't want to get and it ends careers. Mm. So I got that late in my career. Picked up a camera. was filming uh, my team. And I just found this love for telling stories and it's kind of grown from there it's been cool ever since did did you actually so was it a it was a elbow injury or a back injury i, I got hurt a lot in college let's <laughs> just put it that way but yeah I had, I had multiple surgeries um i had a back injury that ended yeah. up like blood disease thing that got in my eye i lost like vision Dang. my senior year yeah in the right dude. eye it was, so I, I found a different way. We had a really cool, I wanted to tell this. So have you guys heard of Robbie Benson before? No. He's the voice of the beast. Remember Beauty and the Beast? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So this guy shows up on campus and he opens up the film program. So here I am as like a hurt senior. I'm like, dude, I got to sign up for this guy's class. And I, I join it, fell in love with just this entire industry. And like, that is the origin story. And then I went back and started making videos and Made some with, uh, he's a hot name right now, Kyle Schwarber. Are you familiar with that guy? Sounds really familiar, but yeah. Big baseball dude. Yeah. So we made a, a couple mess around projects. Honestly, you guys should see one of these videos that's circling around. I don't think MLB knows much about it circling around, but it's, it's hysterical with Schwarber from college. But that's the uh, the quick origin story. And you guys have similar stories. So we Joey, do. Yeah, you're, you know, here in the, the, you know, Joey uh, that's professional why asked, skateboarding. Yeah. That's why I asked if it was a back injury because my yeah. back injury was one of the things that led me to uh, being injured from skateboarding. You know, yeah. now I wasn't, you know, Nigel Houston or Ryan Sheckler, Tony Hawk or any the like big names that you know of. Um, but I was already like you know, making money in high school from skateboarding and, you know, doing contests and stuff like that. I was, you know, not top 1% or anything, but enough to where it was like, that was what I thought I was going to do with my life. And a back injury wound up taking me out. And that's how I transitioned to being on the other side of the camera because I was always growing up making skate videos. And it was like, well, now I'm not a skateboarder and my identity is gone. So, uh, I got to pivot and, you know, build a new identity. Skate videos are, I mean, that's that's like where it, some of the best work artistically is. We, we picked up an editor. I don't, you remember Squid? Yeah. A legendary editor. I mean, he came from the skate world. It's just, it's such a beautiful thing to film He's, too. And you learn the rhythms and, ah. Uh. Yeah, I remember seeing the edit that he put together for one of the uh, like Sizzlers that y'all did. And I was like, bro, this yeah. guy is legit. Like super. How about he, similar story. We found him just out of nowhere like kid banged on our door we weren't even there he called he was just like so hungry to get yeah. in he was coming off a skate tour at the time and just landed in phoenix some weird way and he just found us and 
I got to yeah, get connected with him again, dude. His work was so sick. I forgot he's about him. He's, he's, everyone that's kind of passed through your life, like talking early on yeah. how we, you know, that first day with the baseball stuff. Like I've met some of my best friends, yeah, like through them being a PA or like yeah. showing up and you just see the interest and in the grind and it's like, God, how do I fuel that fire? Yeah, right? dude. So like, I continue to create more opportunities for people like that. And that was my whole mission. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, you know, taking back to some of the projects that we, we worked on, you had built a production company with a business partner, um, called say, take me back to the early days of building that and kind of, you know, paint a picture of, of, you know, how that. Yeah. Uh, the funny part, I was in my, I kind of got lucky with the content boom, right? Remember when Instagram videos, none of that stuff was even a thing. Yeah. So I was working for a company that we went around and we did high level events for NFL, NBA, like professional athletes. We did their events, their camps. And I kind of stumbled into this opportunity where like we created viral moments before viral or before viral moments were like a thing. And I don't, do you guys recall, are you guys basketball fans at all? I, a little bit. You know James Harden? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so he did, he like dunked on this little kid, right? And I filmed it, we cut it up, we made it really cool. And we like created this little series where like in a, or NBA players would play one-on-one with these kids and just destroy them. And it was hilarious <laughs> and everyone loved right. it, right? So then I'm on the plane and I get off the plane and my phone like blew up and it's ESPN, Good Morning America, it's all these people that like wanted that clip. I was like, I got a little opportunity here. So mm-hmm. at that moment, it was like, hey, I'm with Seye. Like, let's launch a little company here. And that's when we kind of started putting the brand out there. And we started continue to work with the professional space. And Seye was just like at the beginning, it was like, how can we be the relationship between, you know, athletes and artists? So then it was all about like recruiting guys who otherwise weren't athletes or your traditional like sports journalist types right and we would like mesh them that's why jacob owens when you met i mean it was a perfect fit it was like how do you get these guys working in the music industry right at very high levels um a big one too is good boy shady he's up yep. with like p diddy creative director now like he was a first time say a guy it's like you had this little niche market that we kind of wrote out for a while and uh say kind of continued to be that to try to keep it manageable right just anytime you need something that's a little different than what you would expect in sports that's where we tried to be and then you you get into projects we worked on but yeah so that's that's some say stuff right there yeah and it's, it's a cool it was a cool niche too which you know a lot of times in production companies what winds up happening is you just generally do whatever videos kind of come your way, but you guys really niche down, um, which I thought was super dope. And the content that y'all were making was super different. Um, and so, you know, it was, a, it was definitely like a super dope company for me when I was like, damn, like these dudes are really doing some like cool and different stuff. Um, talk to me now about like in hindsight, if you could, you know, can, can you dive into too like today, like what, where Seye is at and where your relationship with it is? Yeah, so it's right now we found that the most success for us, like you talk about like when you're, you first start out, you, you kind of ride each project to a yeah. larger project. 
and it wasn't necessarily like talent on screen or opportunity to the client, but we went from like, okay, how do we take a 15 second to a 60 second to a sizzle to a, to an unscripted pitch to actually filming 2000 hours on a docu series to now getting into a scripted project with Salvatore to pitching movie ideas. Right. So it was always like this growth pattern. Right. Now we look at say, and it's like, what if we just would have stopped and mastered everything under 60 seconds, hmm. taking the same style, taking the same artistic, you know, athletes and artistry coming together. So that's where say is now is like, we're a little bit, I brought on a really two really talented guys out of Phoenix. One kid named Justin James. It's like same thing, music industry. He does all of like DJ snake stuff. So sick. But it's like, we want to master under 60 second deliverables at that intersection yeah. still. I love that, man. So, you know, there's a lot of people right now that are in the production company owner game um, and doing yeah. like the, you know, the small business production stuff. Um, what advice would you give your younger self when starting a production company uh, for those that are listening right now to learn from? Don't think it needs to grow into the biggest thing ever. Just mm. let it be where it falls and let it be extremely good at what it does, if that makes sense. Yeah. I use like the height example. It's like some people are just really good at 5'11". They don't need to wish that they grow to 6'7". It's like you stress yourself out. You like you step out of your comfort zone a little too much where it's like it, it, there is something to be said. If I could go back to young Casey, I would have said, okay, you, you've, you're doing some really cool stuff under that 60-second range. Stay there. Open up something different. And don't confuse that brand, right? So – Make sure your brand is like protect how simple and how how simply communicating you can be when describing your brand, if that makes sense. Dude, yeah. Yeah. great point. No, great I, point. I really like that. And I think that I am guilty, uh, Shane probably as well, we, um, going out on a limb, throwing you in this, are probably guilty of wanting to blow things up you know, yeah. to a crazy, a yeah. And I mean, it's, it's an easy thing to get caught up in, but I, I think that's super sound to, to even dial it back and just master the level that you're at, uh, you know, really before trying to just like constantly reach, like, you know, there's something to it's that. A, yeah. It's a marathon and not a sprint, you know? And, and so you gotta, you gotta focus on the, the level or the stage that you're on too. And then on a branding point, I can't agree more too. Cause I think, you know, that's after the pandemic, we diversified a lot of different products, right? Everybody was scrambling, like, how do we survive and stuff? And so sometimes you have to come back to the core of, you know, what you really do and focus back on that. There's things you do in different circumstances, but like you said, you know, you can kind of get, uh, it gets messy in branding even, right? And then how do you talk to clients or, or even a fellow filmmaker and explain what you do? So, yeah. no, it's good. It's uh, it's probably something that Joey and I both need to hear. <laughs> yeah, and a lot yeah. of our listeners too, man. It's it's a, it's a valid cool. point. Yeah. We're, we're visual artists, right? Like we, we visualize. So I always say like, see it as a, a very clear object, not a diluted, crazy painting in business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Who you are as an who you are as an artist should be something way more fluid. But I've, I've found and seen more success with people who are extremely knowledgeable, pinpoint, disciplined, and they protect that brand vision to where it like 
literally materializes into a clear image in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to ask, like, where did the decision to name it Say Yay come from? Dude, Say Yay, we do this every day, yay. I was sitting <laughs> in the dorm room and I was like, wait, that's sick. And then I just, I started writing it down a little bit. I just liked how it looked. Um, it, now I will say, like, everyone's like, is it Say Yeah? It's like, no, uh, uh, no, <laughs> Say Yay. It's like... A little sexiness to it. I love it, dude. We do this every day. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, shout out Kanye and what is it? Big Sean? Was that Big Sean's line? I think so. I'm not like an expert in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's Big Sean. That's a great origin story. That is a great origin. I love origin stories for names, so that's good. Dude, so um obviously you came out of the uh you know, the baseball game and the athlete world and you're still, you know trying to do projects surrounded by athletes and whatnot. How do you feel like your career in baseball as, as an athlete impacted your approach to being a filmmaker? Just grind. Right. I know how to win. So like, I don't want to lose. So even in the battle I'm in right now, it's like, you guys don't hear about the projects that are still trying to be made. Right. And all the fighting it takes and, you hear like these stories of guys pushing projects for 10 years or seven years. And it's like, someone has to do that. So like in baseball, it's the same thing. It's a fail sport, right? Guys hitting 300 and he's that's three out of 10 times. This dude is getting a hit. Hmm. So he's used to failing and that's baseball specifically. Same with filmmaking. It's like, dude, like, you know how many amazing stories are shelved or like the option they option the script they put it on a shelf they don't even make it or someone has this idea it's like in baseball same thing like you you get used to failing but you just learn how to keep moving and you just put it down so like that was ingrained in me right so i just see it if i can hit three of ten projects in ten years dude i'm hitting really damn well you know what i mean so like having that mentality yeah. And I'm a baseball. My dad was a coach. So like I've literally played the game, been around the game since I was born. Yeah. And mm. it's it's a different style, but it translates well to film. That's Matt, great. Batting average to yeah. film. Yeah. It's, it's well and, and I didn't think of it that way. That's great though. And I always paint the paint the picture too with me with skateboarding. Like I fell sometimes a thousand times before I ever landed one trick. You know, like trying yeah. to learn like your first kickflip is like the most difficult thing on the <laughs> yeah. planet. Tell me about it. <laughs> <didn't> skate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you have to fall a thousand times and 999 of those you have to get back up so that, you know, you roll away the one time. And I, I think that that is my competitive advantage as a filmmaker that I come from that background and I bring that mentality to filmmaking. And so I never thought about it with baseball though. Like learning how to hit a 90 mile an hour pitch is not easy and you're going to miss sometimes most of the time, probably more than you actually hit it. You got to take the swings. How about this though? You can do everything right in baseball and still lose. You can hit the hardest ball possible right at someone. You can throw the perfect pitch right at someone that is more so as we Dang. get more into this yeah what about me is you can do everything right and that's what i'm seeing even in the film industry is you can can have all the pieces you can have all the momentum and COVID hits or something weird that is totally out of your control so it's like don't beat yourself up for those who ever do it's like just keep effing moving i don't yeah. know if we can cuss in this pocket but just keep moving yeah like 
That's what I would say. Dude, I love that so much, bro. As somebody who, you know, obviously in the social media space, like sports filming is becoming increasingly more saturated, like in that 60 second or less space. Um, what advice do you have for filmmakers who are interested in filming sports content to get in the game and then to also stand out? Get in how? Like tell stories? So like, just you, like not, not just everyone can go and do a project with James Harden, right? Um, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, and so like what advice do you have for people to really start working with, you know, some of the top performing athletes in the game and then to make content that's separated from some of the, you know, the noise um, that we see on social media. I think if you're an assertive filmmaker, right, if you do have like a producer mentality, like truly like it's, yeah, getting to like a James Harden is somewhat tough. Like you gotta have and have put in the work from a business standpoint to like, you know, reach out to their agents, right? Right. Make yourself available. One thing that I think would be cool for filmmakers is, a lot of these guys, they appreciate content just as much. Like they want to collab. They want to make cool stuff. Athletes think they're artists. Okay. Not saying they aren't, but it's like, if I were a young filmmaker, I didn't know any of these guys, I would reach out to agencies and I would make myself available, show my portfolio, no different than I would at like a studio. And I would say, I am in town. I'm in Phoenix. Like if your guy needs a shoot or if he needs some content or if he just wants to look good, like these athletes are continuing to build their brand. They'll take it. Yeah. And then that's where the relationship comes together. And then that guy goes in the locker room. Now he's talking about, hey, so-and-so is my photo guy. Like I've seen a lot of dudes just like pop up because they just went to a workout. Yeah. Made an athlete look really good in that workout. And then he told his buddies. And then now you're in the world. So that would be like my hustler advice is start sending your work to agents because they need it. That's great. I've seen uh, one of our editors who who used to edit. Yeah. Uh, he he now lives up in New York, and yeah. he did that in Dallas. And so he not only yeah. in the athlete world, he got in with the Dallas Cowboys, but he did that in the music world too, and just showing up, being available, offering that free content, and then you make yourself so valuable, right? And then you know, and then you're getting you're getting the paycheck for yeah. it, you know, and and you're getting the network, like you said that talk in the locker room goes a long way and, and then you become the guy that they go to or the production company that they go to. Yeah. Yeah. Solid advice. We need to get back on that game to I some extent it, as well. It's I great. love it. Um, <laughs> bro. So, so two of the projects that we got a chance to work on, um, were insane for one, but yeah. for two, to my knowledge, I don't believe they ever saw the light of day. And so I kind of want to touch on, you know, we did, uh, that project, um, the baseball one for the Arizona suns, I believe. Um, can you talk on, yeah. And so you guys had shot the entire, the entire thing. I believe it got cut together as well. Um, can you talk about like why that never actually got aired? COVID COVID hit us, right? And we followed a storyline. So yeah, just to give you some context. We came in in like 2017 with Arizona State and we came together and we came up with this idea to kind of document their baseball team. They had had like one of the worst years in program history. The story was there. They were trying to you know, flip the script, kind of bring this program back to where it was. So we rolled cameras, we had full access. And it was beautiful. I mean, we shot a baseball documentary series on reds with the godfather anamorphic lenses. When I say it was beautiful, 
Like this is the most beautiful sports story you've ever seen, and it's just sitting mm. on a shelf. And I vouch for it it's too. Not, but it, it's it's not dead. Uh, what happened is we filmed for three years, and COVID hit. Coach got fired, so our main storyline is kind of like a no go. It wouldn't make sense for the program. Now I don't think the school would really pay off on it or excuse me, sign off on it. But like we took our shot, right? Like we, we still, we came up with enough vignette options. Like we could pull like a last dance because some of these guys are actually in the big leagues now. Hmm. So if they go off to have a really beautiful career, we're sitting on 2000 hours of them at college. And we happen to, if anyone wants to hop off here and listen. So we, we captured the birth of the number one pick in the MLB draft. This kid shows up on our cameras. Hmm. He's a little freshman. We have his entire blow up process. So when people, it's not dead, it's paused. Hmm. So this is kind of now shifted into a long game. I mean, this is my retirement fund is what I always joke about. But it's like, it's still, it's got the life. Um, But yeah, that's, that's the weird thing about film, right? Like you can be so far into a project and something comes up like an earth event, like COVID, a coach gets fired, but it, it shouldn't like sway you from taking that shot in the first place. So yeah. we're still in it. I love that dude. Never done. Yeah. And I mean, so you've, you've done a bunch of doc work, you know, even outside of this. And, and I believe the other project, you didn't get nearly as far to my knowledge in, you know, not 2000 hours in on, uh, the other one. Are you talking about the release concept, the one you were on in Texas? The Yeah, the almost near-death experience. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so we did, uh, well, the beauty of that one, too, and people I don't think they realize, like, we had a, we actually just started a business that paired professional athletes who were retired yeah. with professional, or excuse me, retired special forces operators, hmm. right? So you have two guys from two different industries coming together they don't know what to do in their life anymore right these guys have been running and gunning literally in one category and the other it's just like you have this 36 40 year old retired mlb player he's like what am i doing with my life so we just paired them up and we would go out on these adventures so we had the business model and we were like and that was working right because we're selling spots like you get people to go with them so now you're drinking around a campfire you're hearing war stories and stories of guys in like the MLB dugouts. Then we were like, dude, what if we shot a show? And, you know, so we were like, why don't we shoot a pilot? So we went to shoot a pilot and the main guy in our, I think you were down there, he uh, flipped his vehicle. Yeah. There was like an injury. Yeah. And it was just like, we, we didn't want to risk it. Stuff just didn't work out in that favor. Yeah. But it wasn't like we weren't riding on the success of the show. Cause we had like a cool little thing going with or without a show. Yeah. So that's, we just leveraged. And that was kind of a, one thing I was excited to talk about is just leveraging media, right. Mm. To like form and make businesses. Like yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it's pretty commonplace, but yeah. Well, and, and that was, I think a lot of times too, like to going back to like the batting thing, like sometimes you, you know, you, you do everything right. And sometimes you miss the pitch or, or, you know, you miss a hit or whatever. Um, there's, there's sometimes a fear around, you know, especially with a pilot where it's like you invest all this money into it and then it doesn't go anywhere or, or whatnot. Like what advice do you, or not advice, but what lessons do you feel like you learned 
like from that process of where you had like this two incredible films that aren't dead, but didn't work out exactly the way that you had planned, like from the jump, like what did you learn from that for the filmmakers that are listening? Well, nothing happens the way you plan. Hmm. Right. So I'm learning that. Like, tell me one thing that you've, it's like, how can my 18 year old self tell me what my 23 year old self's going to be like? Like what? No, you can't. It puts you in a position of fluidity, right? You learn to adapt and recover and just continue to move forward. But like you have your moral compass, you have your guidelines that, you know, you stay within that. But again, it's also not like, don't get so wrapped up in the business. I think where people get where it's tough to move forward is in art. You naturally, you do express yourself to You're so vulnerable sometimes through these processes. Like I feel bad for guys that we had, you know, open up to us on cam, like in these interviews. And then it's like, we don't do anything like that or we don't do anything with that footage. Like it, it hits you in a deeper, in a deeper way, but you just have to, yeah, just gotta keep moving. Like things are going to happen yeah, as they just always do. Yeah. And you gotta do it again. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't think of like a single film that I've ever made. And this is really on the art side, not so much the business side, but I can't think of a single film that I've ever made that I didn't like see something that could have been done better on my end as a DP, you know, from the lighting, the camera movement, the stability of the shot, the composition, like the, you know, the performance that we got out of the actor. Like there's always something that could have been improved. And that's something that I have learned where it's like the, the artistic vision never gets cast perfectly, you know, when you actually see the final thing printed. Um, And that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the beauties of filmmaking though, is like trying to master you know, perfecting as Correct. much as you can, but being willing to, you know, sometimes the canvas paints itself to a degree. So, well, it's also like a carrot, right? Like your, your artistic expectations will always be in front of you and it keeps you chasing them. It's like, yeah, yeah so you express yourself exactly how you wanted. You are not going to be satisfied because that carrot is already, you've elevated. So now it's just, yeah, there's another one to climb. Yeah. Like it, it, it keeps us up, right? It, it's what, keeps us going is that we just can never be satisfied but yeah that's what a competitor is yeah and that's the best part i love it bro talk to me about uh you just recently did a film called salvatore tell me a little bit about that and and what that is and kind of what went into it so i spent nine months with sammy the bull gravano who is have you heard of the gambino crime family Uh uh-huh Yep. Have you heard of John Gotti? Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Gotti, he was his underboss. Whoa. In the Gambino crime family. So I had this little kick of like, I want to tell stories. I want to be around and develop content. I, I'm just very fascinated in like crime and like war story, like something, just the darker side of the world, right? Here we are, we're all living this beautiful life, but something is not adding up, right? There's just, there's a whole nother life behind it all. So I got on this journey of like, I want to tell these types of stories. Uh, so Sammy the Bull Gravano, he's in Phoenix, Arizona, where I was, he kind of caught wind um, that we were like producers in the area. So it was the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. So like mob content is like a really big deal. 
right? So this guy, he basically had a story. He has a, like, a, it's not a beautiful story because people died, but it's like, it's a perfect movie script, hmm. right? So I was kind of put on a team. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, there's like a really cool team that came together on this. Um, some Hollywood types, they've been behind some of the best gangster films of all time. So they found interest. And so we, we worked the whole time on developing like this movie pitch. And in the interim, we decided to shoot like a little mini series. So Sammy the Bull Gravano, this notorious underboss, who for some reason is out walking in public, which is crazy to me. Um, he acted in his own like fake film. Hmm. It's like eight or five episodes. Each thing is like 12 minutes. It's like very, it's doses. Um, it was, it was a grind. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But you know, when it's all said and done, it's like, I thought it was very cool because for the first time you have, like we all watch films where like there's a killer. We have the killer playing himself in the film. So as shitty as it is at the end of the day, like that is anger that you see from someone who's been there. And there were moments on set where everyone had to leave because this dude was going there. And it's like, if, if you truly appreciate it, like take, I don't care if you think it's good, if you think it's bad, because all the pieces, right? He's not a professional actor, but the fact that we have a historical character playing himself truly to me was interesting. Like there's the Navy SEAL films, like Act of Valor. I think that was cast at all Navy SEALs, like something similar, right? So if you, if, if you want to see anger, if you want to see those moments, that was kind of the point of that project was like, there you go. That's what he looked like when he was about to hit someone. Mm. So it's, it was, it was enough for that. We kind of, you know, parted our ways, um, respectfully. He's, he's just a very interesting, he's, he's out right now. If you go to his like podcast, like he tells all these, I mean, he's a great storyteller. It's some of the most interesting content of all time. Wow. Um, but yeah, look up Sammy the Bull Gravano, man. John Gotti, and he helped take him down with the FBI. It was just this whole other world that I had never truly looked into. And I was like, this is insane. But uh, yeah, Jake was on that project. Yeah. We, we all got together and tried to make a... The beauty, too, I'll say that, is these little short films, like miniseries, where it's kind of pack them into like just a very quick-moving series with the story is like the story feels like an accordion like you could lengthen it out to like 48 minute episodes i think it's something so anyone listening like try to develop like a 48 minute storyline and compress it and put it on like hyperspeed there's just something to it so but so overall it's a really cool project it's out you can go on his youtube same with volcano's youtube and watch it but yeah when you watch it Watch it for how I was invested in the project, and that was because you're you're truly witnessing history. That's awesome! I can't wait to check that out. We'll we'll link it in the uh, in the YouTube and the uh, podcast. Yeah. And I can't imagine you. I mean, as a you directed that, I'm guessing produced directed. Yeah. I can't I can't I imagine. 
having like directing those scenes, you know what I mean? And and then having that experience with uh I mean, talk about some BTS set experience. Did y'all yeah. have BTS on on site on for this project? We did. Yeah, we did. And there's there's some stuff. A lot of it too, like talent management, right? Mm-hmm. So here I am trying to like express myself creatively while managing the emotions mm-hmm. of someone who's real. Yeah. Right? Like when he gets angry, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's just different so it was like even getting the comfortability of people wanting to be on set with him and um just everyone involved in the project there was always like a a little integration like period that we had to kind of like get over that like okay this guy's out of prison everything's cool like he's he's for some reason he's walking around so he's allowed to be here and tell these stories and do this stuff but yeah it's uh yeah, it's a cool project. Like, watch it from the lens I just told you, and I think you'll you'll appreciate it more. Yeah, love it, dude. Definitely I'm check it out. yeah, I'm really excited to to watch that through that perspective. I can't imagine like just what that atmosphere. Yeah, look him. I mean, he's he's the world's 15 deadliest people. Like, Gosh, wow. He's like one of the yeah, most notorious of all time. That's a hitman. He is the hitman for the Gambino crime family. Hmm. And now you'll start hearing. You'll start hearing it in movies too. They'll be like, "Yeah, it's the Gambino crime family, like mm-hmm. in a cop movie or a hero." Movie. It's yeah. the real deal. And it was weird sitting with a guy who would tell me, "He's like, we own New York." Mm. It's like, wait, yeah, you actually. Like, it's like wait, it's different. It's just power is a different thing. Wow. Mm. That's a very unique story and just like unique opportunity to you know to tell that just experience that on set. I, like I said, I can't imagine just the atmosphere had to be like very, I don't, you know, it had to be tense at first. He is a, is a funny guy for what it's worth. He makes people feel good around him. That's good. But yeah, no, there's always like a, it would be like petting a pit bull. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you're just a little like, like is it going to bite? Yeah. <laughs> And I do want to clarify, I absolutely love pit bulls. I have them, so I'm not like... <laughs> We're going to edit that out. No one's going to know. <laughs> I love, I love it. So, I love it. That's sick, dude. Um, dude, yeah, I can't wait to check it out now, even more so than before. Uh, transitioning here, talk to me about what the digital department is. What is that? What are you doing with the digital department now? Um, yeah, give me a little insider on that. Yeah, so I'm opening up and representing like their sports division. So sticking with my guns and what I'm good at, I'm going to go out and sign, represent the interest of athletes in NIL and sports marketing. Same stuff. So it's like, how do I, you know, pair teams and grow these athletes brands in ways that they've never done. And the digital department is a badass company. Uh, They are actually like merged and we're under Dolphin Entertainment. So we have like everything you need. We're like the Hollywood's number one PR firm like conglomerate. So it's like my whole goal is to give athletes an avenue that they otherwise didn't have through traditional like contract agencies Mm. who's so in sports, just like you sign your big contract, right? Marketing and all that stuff is more so kind of your second priority. We want to make it like we want to be experts in that versus some agencies that, Otherwise, it's just a piece of the pie. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm here for the athletes. That's, and is the heart of like, a, I imagine like there's a big piece of that that's wrapped up in like 60 second social. <clears throat> like it's everything we, we do like we can get all the way up to landing you on TV shows yeah. and building out your podcast, you know, building out your book ideas, Love like it. launching everything. We, it is, we take your name, image, and likeness and we maximize it out. The only thing we don't do is your league contract. Hmm. That's, That's it. Sick. That's so, great, man. I feel like there's a, there's a big push now, especially with the younger athletes again for brand marketing and personal branding, right? Like my wife and I, uh, watching, you know, love watching football, watch the quarterback, the, the Netflix series quarterback. And yeah. then yeah. you just start seeing Patrick Mahomes on every commercial, man, every branding yeah. and all of his social. And it's, it's, you know, I think that's going to be a great place to be. Obviously you guys know what you're doing and, and, and there's a lot of need for it in the industry. Cause we, we've worked, you know, Dallas Mavericks and other uh, sports teams and you see, um, yeah, there is kind of a limit, right? Cause it's like their main lead contract, but there's a lot more that they can develop and do. So it, when you were telling me all of that, it kind of, I, I don't know why, but I kept thinking about, uh, entourage. I was like, is it like, are you guys like entourage? Like you're the real deal for entourage. I was going to say like, no one really realizes the push behind the scenes to get people out there. There's mm. this like common perception of like, Oh, so-and-so is famous. Everything's just going to come to me and everyone's going to, you know, blow up. No, right. there's like there's conversations to be had. There's deals to be done. There's a whole campaign push behind the scenes that I wouldn't see the average person is familiar with. And I joined a very successful team at that, like top of the line. And I'm beyond blessed. And I get to bring that to athletes. And then I also get to bring athletes. That, it's just this beautiful interest. It's exactly kind of building off say, yeah, you know, you talk about, Mm. kind of leveling up and I feel like I've leveled up into this position and now I get to educate them like the NIL space is I don't know it's the college athletic market it's going to be an interesting venture but yeah mm. I just started that's yeah. incredible bro yeah congrats I, man that's that's really cool yeah and I, I wanted to touch on too like because you come from you know the background of doing like these crazy docu you know, mm -hmm. feature length projects and also like mini series and stuff like that. And then transitioning to doing what you're doing now, like how do you balance both of those? Like where does the passion, you know, lie the most like long-term, you know, are you pursuing both still? Uh, you know, what does that look like? I think a guy in my position needs to be able to pursue all right. So now it's, now it's just about, I'm, I wear a different shirt. Right. So I wear different hats. Like if I can use my contacts to help athletes that I now represent, you know, so if I can still make those connections, like my whole goal and everything I've ever done is just to connect people. I learned it from the best. It's like, so now I'm just connecting different people for different opportunities, but I, I can't be just one thing. I don't think any of us should just be one thing we should still be able to pursue long format opportunities in film while managing an athlete's 60 second branded video. Yeah. You know? Well, it goes back to what, uh, Casey, you said so well at the beginning of, you know, you're looking for those people with that passion and then you want to provide opportunity. And that's like your goal, your calling, your mission. And I love that. Like, I think, um, it's so important to find those people and then, and then provide opportunities, whether it's a 60 second or a long format, 
Uh, and like you said, being able to bounce back and forth between all of it, um, it's great to have that uh, ability. Like you, you also said, I think that flex, you know, and that's what I love in our industry is that um, you don't have to stay in one thing. You know, yeah. you, you get to express your art in a lot of different ways. Um, and it might be in a lot of different businesses and brands too, right? And that's, I think, where the business is where you got to have the clarity and then the artism, you know, the artistic uh, side of you, you can have that flexibility. So congrats, man. That's That sounds awesome. Um, what I'm jumping in and asking this question because okay. I'm curious, is there anything you can speak uh, or tell us about uh, that you've got uh, coming up, like any projects that you're working on, um, you know, series or, or what's next for you, Casey? I potentially have a really big project in sports mm. with a very reputable institution. And it's going to be like a hybrid of everything that I've been working on. It's like the pen. Yeah. If this thing goes, we would begin filming in January. I will know this before the year's up, but yeah, it's a very intimate sports doc. Kind of like the game of Thrones of baseball. Whoa. Like there's one path. Everyone wants to be King. Mm. How do you get there? So we'll see if that thing lands. Um, Otherwise, I'm still continuing to push sports projects. I have some very cool military stories that I think we'll see the light of day here soon with the uh, war wrapping up. A lot of these classified missions are being declassified. So there's some cool stuff there. But no, I'm just, I'm a well-rounded guy right now. I'm a dad. So big, I'm yeah, taking care of Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Congrats on that. I got it. Yeah, we call him Teddy Stone. So Teddy Stone is going to be a legend. Nice. Just throwing that out. But no, I've I've just been raising him the past three and a half months. So awesome. Like making sure everything's moving and uh, trying to stay light and happy. Love it, man. Congrats on that. Yeah, Having are... kids or yeah, my uh, my second daughter was born uh, September twenty seventh. Um, uh, Parker Lee. And so, and then I've got, uh, Kaya Jade that was born, gosh, almost 16 months ago. So I got two under two and like the dad game is, it adds a whole nother level to the filmmaking and the business side. Right. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a lot to uh, juggle, but, uh, it's the best thing ever, man. Um, has that changed? I'm curious. Cause I, I mean, I not, it has changed some things for me and even what I want to do and what I'm willing, how is, is being a dad affected any of your projects or thinking of like, you know, before I was like, Oh, I'll go do a 21 day feature, you know, something like that. It's, it's harder now. I got to really weigh out everything and go, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to miss 21 days of, of, of life of, you know, and there's so much that happens in these early stages. Has uh, being a father changed anything for you in the film industry? Yeah. I think it cuts your, like it makes things more clear, right? Like you're mm. not willing. And I don't know if this is good or bad yet. Right. Follow up with me, but like you don't experiment as much as you did, you, yeah. you know, your time more valuable. So you have to be more decisive. Um, yeah, I would say it just sharpens the tool. Yeah. It's well put. It's moving. It's awesome. But man. it's also giving you, right. You can tell different sides of characters that you never even, I couldn't relate to a lot of characters I've, you know, worked with or developed or even been interviewing. It's like, I, I never knew that feeling. Now I get it. Yeah. Okay. Are you getting sleep yet? <laughs> I am. My wife is a trooper. Yeah. 
she's yeah. like letting me sleep like so i can be productive in the day like i'll even go into our guest bedroom if i need to like she's she's I'm lucky. Let's just put it that way. That's awesome. It's good teamwork. I love it, man. Well, I got one more question here before we get to our last five. Um, man, what is one piece of advice that you can give to directors who are trying to grow in their career or their craft right now? Just make it. You'll never be ready. Hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. Complete it. Complete yeah. it. Yeah. It's, love it, dog. It's, I, I heard, yeah. I, I feel like I hear that thread from the very beginning with y'all talking, you talking about baseball and you talking about skateboarding. And I think so many people in this industry, we have, you know, interns to people that reach out to us on social to even contractors that work for us. And it's that fear of failure that stops so many people. And it's like, get in. It's like, I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it. I got this. I'm going to do it. Do it. Mm -hmm. Nike has the best phrase. It's so cliche, but the, it's literally in our face all the time. Just do it. Like, yeah. do it. Love Even it, if it's horrible, do it. Just do it. Because mm -hmm. you need it. It's a mastery film school. And you've made like a film, Joey. Like, you yeah. get it. It's, think of like where you were before. Oh like, my gosh. Like, your thought process. And then after the project's done, you're like, damn. Like, why didn't I just do that? What's just funny is, it. I, you know, I, I don't even know if I've talked about it, but the way that I, view filmmaking as a whole changed after I did my first feature where it was like, mm -hmm. I, I approach like the pre-production process different as a DP. Now I approach like me being a leader on set differently and like how I conversate with people on set and like the clarity that I want to make sure that my team feels, um, you know, even, like the post-production and just like trying to think through different creative angles and just the language of the can't like everything changed when I made my first feature. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's like just getting in there and doing it even before you're ready for it was like by far like the biggest growing season for me as a filmmaker in a condensed amount of time, uh, that I'll, that I've ever gone through. People want to see you raw anyways, right? Yeah. Like they want to see your evolution as an artist. So show them something that is going to be here and then yeah. they'll love that. They'll love that. Like, it's like an, your first work is never going to be your best. No. Just don't, don't decline, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. I love it, bro. I love it. Keep pushing. Um, well, dog, we got five more questions before we get you out of here. We ask them to all of our guests. Uh, tell me, if you could go back and do it all differently in your career, what is one thing that you would change? My wardrobe. <laughs> I swear to God, that, nothing. I wouldn't change anything other than like, yeah. Just, I was looking at pictures of me. I was like, damn, people are hinting at it. I could have had a little bit more style. The on. BTS would have had a little bit more flair to it. Oh, that's so good. In the future doc for Casey. That's so sad. Yeah. That's good. No, but I, I don't, I don't think you should think like your path is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Hmm. Dig it, man. What is one thing that excites you the most about the current film industry or market? I, I love that there's so many opportunities to launch and get your product like sold. Like there's so many platforms. There's so many ways someone can watch your work now. So like if you're a filmmaker, there's more reason 
to make projects. There's more buyers. There's more people interested in filling time. So that's where I love. That's what I love about the industry. It's not just like four premier platforms. It's mm. no excuse anymore mm. if you're in this. I love it. Yeah. Um, what is one piece of advice that you can give to filmmakers trying to grow in their craft or their business right now? I would stick to like the filmmakers just just continue to make work, right? And like let let the snowball build. I would say don't lead with the business, right? So lead lead with the heart, let the business follow. And I would say build a business team so you can stay more creative. Mm. So like if you're going to go network, find some business people who appreciate, because they're the, the, the industry where I've met, I consider the top of my experience. Like there are guys who love being the business guy in this industry. They're not like a business guy faking the business because he actually wants to be a director, hmm. right? Or like, there's just a lot of, find someone who truly appreciates the stuff that you don't want to do and delegate it. And then your business will grow because you have that relationship, the team, like, yeah. How do you, how do you juggle in your own life being a business owner and being a creative? Because that's something, you know, that you gotta, they're, they're two different, um, roles, right? Like the business is around the creative component, but when you're trying to grow a production company or a business or a product or a brand or whatever, and you're also trying to be a creative and direct, how do you personally balance both of those? Well, so let's say if I'm 50, 50 of each, then I'll find a, someone who's a hundred in one of the others. So if, if I'm 50% artistic i need to surround myself with 100 percent artistic while on the flip side you know my team needs to be 100 percent business where i'm 50 percent business like part of my job just in a producer role is you got to have good taste right like i do need to have the taste it's more so like yeah i like being the hybrid so it's it's just what i have to be good at i guess like i just, I'm not going to be fully invested artistically. I can't. So I ha I know when to like let go and then dump it off to those who are 100%. That's awesome. It's good advice, man. If that makes sense. Um, where do you feel like as an industry we are headed in filmmaking or what should we be focusing on? We just have, again, back to the access. Like I, I think Unscripted is beautiful. You just saw an entire industry get shut down, right? But you know what was still thriving is unscripted mm. so like finding real stories so if you can position yourself to not rely like it's weird because you do here i am in one breath saying get a team but then i'm also saying like figure out how your team isn't reliable on like the industry to get ever held up mm. so i would say when the writer strike happened and the actor strike it's like stuff just backpiled but it's unscripted was still moving real life stories getting cameras on real people and learning about that right like those can be the inspirations for your scripted projects so love it bro with that answer yeah 100 percent, man my last question for you who is one filmmaker that you admire and why so cliche but uh no i, I gotta 
give you a better. <laughs> Who are you gonna say? <laughs> hey, Nolan, man, like no Christopher Nolan is just hands down my favorite. Yeah, but I love. Is it Damien Chevelle? Like I don't even know how to pronounce his Denis name. Denis Veneux. No. Yeah, Damien Chazelle. Yeah, what what is Damien? Oh, okay. What was it? Earth Whiplash. Man. Oh yeah. La Land. He did La La Land. I love Guy Ritchie too, man. Like just the pacing of his work. Mm. Yeah. He's beautiful. I've yeah. always felt like he's just as ADD as me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, I've loved his work. That's awesome, dude. Well, bro, thank you so much for your time coming through the studio today. This has been a great episode. Always good connecting with friends and fellow filmmakers that I've actually had a chance to work on set with and work side by side. Uh, dude, for people that want to connect with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Follow just on Instagram, Casey James Smith. DM me. I'll figure it out. We'll set something up and then, uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. This has been great. Appreciate your time coming through, uh, the studio today. Uh, as always, like I said, it's great to see you, man. So this has been a great episode of the rough cut club and we will catch you all next time.